0: Welcome back to The Forward Podcast. I'm Lance Armstrong, your host, each and every week. Last couple weeks, I've actually, I think I've forgotten to give you guys my email address. Questions, comments, concerns. I'm going to get that out of the way right here, right now, so I don't forget. Send me a note. forward podcast at wedusport.com, W-E-D-U, sport.com. The Forward Podcast at we do sport. Uh, drop me a line. Let me know what you think. Uh, let me know what you want to have on the show. Always open for uh, suggestions. Speaking of we do, I've been I've been I think I've been living, uh, really living the we do spirit. I, I don't know what's gotten into me. Obviously, getting injured from running a bunch uh, helped, but I've just totally falling back in love with the bike it's freaky just training hard and riding with these young guys getting lit up by them it's it's uh 100 suffer test for me um i kind of go along you know even my friends my golfing buddies are like what why are you who wants to do that why why are you doing that i just say we do but uh i kind of got the bug again so that's fun actually here in Houston for the Super Bowl. I'm trying to figure out just where in the hell I'm going to ride my bike in the city, throw in a little drizzle. Uh, (laughs) Not good. But uh, I did that gravel race last week, and uh, I got the bug. If you guys haven't ever done a gravel race, check one out. I think it's kind of the new hot segment or uh, sector in cycling races or events. Got online and found me a couple more, uh, doing one in North Georgia in, in early March. And then a week later, my buddy Dylan Casey sent me one up in Northern California that he and I signed up for. So we'll be out there, uh, mixing it up. Well, I doubt we'll be mixing it up, but we'll be, we'll be mixing it up for a few minutes until our old asses get dropped. <clears throat> Hey, my buddy, Bill Burr, who I had on a couple of months ago, one of the funniest dudes walking the planet. By the way, I wonder if he's here for the Super Bowl. Got to be. Boston guy. Anyways, he's got a new special up, <clears throat> Walk Your Way Out, on Netflix comedy special. Y'all check it out. Um, guaranteed, uh, if that's your thing, at least. I don't know if y'all are into laughing or not. But if you are, uh, check it out. Pretty funny my uh, my guest this week is 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 a uh, uh, well i try to say or i like to think every week of somebody interesting and fascinating this guy uh is it was it was really fascinating to sit down and talk to him he is a serial entrepreneur he has arguably one of the greatest mightest touches in all of uh the business world wasn't always a bed of roses for him in fact he was homeless twice in his life even at one point when he was 20 years old and a two-year-old boy when his wife at the time walked out. Imagine that. Shit, I'm 46, five kids. I live in a house. It's tough. Try being 20 with a two-year-old boy living in your car. How about that? Then you go on to become one of the richest men in the world. Founded John Paul Mitchell Systems, Patron Tequila, Got all kinds of stuff, got the new Rock Mobile coming up, John Paul DeJoria. We did this podcast at John Paul's house in, in Austin, uh, beautiful home, uh, it was just a real pleasure to, to be in his presence, as well as his beautiful wife, Eloise. You guys get a chance, look up, let's forget John Paul for a second, go look up Eloise DeGioia. DeJoria. D-E-J-O-R-I-A. This woman's 60 years old. John Paul told me she was 60. I said, you're lying. You don't start the podcast by lying. Absolutely beautiful lady. Stunning. Obviously, uh, good genes there. But John Paul and I have a, have a, a, a great you know, hour-long conversation about, uh, about the arc of his career, his business career, his life. Uh, and then he was so sweet. He said, he said uh, why don't you guys stay? And guys being me and uh, my sound guy, Dave Bulch. Why don't you guys stay for dinner? Got the chef here, so we sit down and have a great meal. And uh, he opens an eighty-two Bordeaux. Okay, so for you wine geeks out there, you know, I was like, "Wow, okay, uh, that was a great podcast. This is a great meal, and the dude just opened an eighty-two Bordeaux." Um, so, John Paul, thank you for uh, for sitting down with me. Thanks for an amazing dinner. Um, we're gonna become fast friends, and. Uh, And that was a real pleasure. I hope you guys enjoy it. Have a great week. And we'll talk to you next week. It's forward, Never straight. What
1: have you been up to, JP?
2: First of all, thank you for doing this. You're very, very welcome. Well, the latest thing is I just came back from Florida. I bought the Sea Shepherd, a Coast Guard cutter. (laughs) And we we put in the dry dock, refitted it uh, for the needs of the uh, Sea Shepherd, painted it uh, a fabulous, beautiful, uh, we call it a camouflage blue, but it's very quick. So the whole purpose was to run down and catch poachers. And stop them. Hmm. One of our first missions will be the Caribbean to take care of people that are needlessly slaughtering sharks on the open sea. They take their fin, they throw it back in the ocean, they suffer when they go down. They can't do anything, but just lay there and suffer. And it's all about shark fin soup.
1: Like in China or in in Asia, Asia but China
2: did a big move. China just announced that they will no longer serve shark fin soup at any state function, which is a huge move for China to do. So her hats off to them. But everyone else there in China and Taiwan, it's been traditional for many years or decades, maybe centuries, when you get married to have shark fin soup. Yep. Is it a delicious soup? No, not especially. It was just somehow, but we have to educate people on this. So the sea shepherd will do that. Then it's immediately going to the coast of Colombia, where we will start protecting sharks down there, as well as some uh, large sea mammals, like you know, turtle sinks of this nature, mm. and, and uh, an endangered uh, species of dolphins. In fact, in the Gulf of Mexico, we have a boat down there right now. There's only 80 left in the world of a particular species of, uh, of dolphin. And we're there with the Mexican Navy is with us. We're there;
1: they're working with us to try and stop these guys. Yeah, it's interesting. Like you know, these these things which are delicacies in certain places. You know, like like shark fin soup. Or like, I've spent a lot of time in the Bahamas. Like a Bahamian sees a big turtle, mm-hmm. and and they, <laughs> they their mouth starts watering. Yeah. Like they're like oh. In in the old days, that's what they ate. That's right. And then you know. Uh, thinking evolves and, 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 you know, more correctness comes into the equation and then they don't do anywhere, but they still see a turtle and they're like, Oh my God. That's right. They go berserk and they usually will
2: grab it and cook it. But you know, things are changing. I'll give you an example. You talked about, you know, the Caribbean, there's an Island called Barbuda right off the coast of Antigua. Yeah. Unspoiled, beautiful. I'm doing a major ecological program down there, a housing program, major, it's all ecology, obviously very nice beach houses and, you know, it's very yeah. expensive, not cheap. But part of doing it is, Berbuda has about 30 people that are fishermen. And we want to save fish. To save fish, you have to stop fishing, period. Mm-hmm. So we're cutting a deal there with them where they make maybe $10,000 a year. We're going to help subsidize their income to stop them from fishing. So for at least for a year, hopefully five or 10 years, nobody will fish mm-hmm. within two miles of Berbuda. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Which means all the fish will come back. Now, poachers will hear that and want to come in for quick fishing. But we will work with the Antiguan government,
1: right. which right next door, they from Antigua. Yeah. I spent, we spent Thanksgiving in Antigua. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I met the prime minister. Great. And, and, well,
2: prime minister, yeah. we're working what with his... What
1: is his, his name? Guys. His... Uh, Ugh.
2: <laughs> I have to pull in. my wallet and find it really uh, fast space here. space in my name, but yeah. It's it, super it, guy, yeah. super guy. He okayed our project. People have been trying to develop our beauty for years. So they won't let anybody do it. But they're letting us in because they know I'm involved and I've agreed it's to do it. This is the project
1: people. with Nobu and a few
2: others. The, this is the project I have going with Michael uh, Millman. Michael Millman. Yeah, a good all those very good friend of mine. Yeah, yes. Michael. And uh, with JB, uh, tell me, Uh that's a project we have going together. Hmm. And it's about 350 multi- which you would call a very expensive lots, we will have there a country club, obviously a golf course. We've found new things where you could actually fertilize the golf course without hurting the land. It's all new technology. Hmm. So everything there is going to be green. We'll have a power plant. It'll all be green, as green as you could ever get. And for the people, I'm building a major garden. Not only could they have an income off the food they'll raise. So everyone there in the 350 houses will buy their food and then the country club will buy their food, but enough food for them to personally be able to feed themselves and have a business going in agriculture.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's beautiful. So there's that some
2: way. nice things. Happen. But the sea shepherd, if necessary, will help, you know, patrol that Island. If too many poachers come in, they'll help patrol it with somebody, of course, from the
1: Antiguan uh, military on board to do whatever rest are necessary. Right. Exactly. When you were, a couple of questions. When you were, I don't know, how old? Uh, uh, the, the what I read, you seven or eight years old, and, and delivering newspaper. No, no, you you were you were about probably ten when you started delivering. Yeah, newspapers. eleven years old delivering newspapers. First you, entrepreneurship was seven <clears throat> flower pots. The fl- okay, and the Christmas cards. That's right. Did you ever imagine that you'd be a billionaire? Never imagined. Never. Never even
2: imagined I'd be a millionaire. In fact, in high school, I was thinking about what I want to do, and I love to drive. I built my first car in auto shop because we didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. And I thought, if only I could have a job where I could drive, make $150 a week, and just drive, 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 drive,
1: drive. And that was back in 1962. Hmm. And so the time I, changed. Yeah, time, time <laughs> definitely changed. And then you go on, you're in high school. You were not a model student. No, it was a little different. Uh, right. And I, nor was I, so we we, <laughs> we can relate. Um, but even even at this point, when you're when you're you graduate high school, you go into the navy, you get out, going door to door selling encyclopedias. Yeah. I can't even imagine. It By was way, difficult.
2: It was a great experience, though. I lasted three and a half years. Yeah. I think the average encyclopedia salesman lasted three days yeah. if they were lucky, but. Uh, after a while, it's gone You went door-to-door, door-to-door for to three door. and a half years? No appointments, door-to-door. They don't even expect that you're coming by to try and convince them to let you come in, show them these books and what you have. And that's it's not the easiest thing, but it's great training. If they still had door-to-door encyclopedia salesmen, I would insist every one of my kids, my children, would do that for no less than three months just to get the, the experience of rejection. Because when you're used to rejection, you know it's coming, you're not bothered by it. I tell many entrepreneurs two big things. One, be prepared for rejection. It's going to come. If you're prepared for it, it's not going to affect you that much. Right. The other thing is make sure your product or service is the best there is. Yep. Then you're in the reorder business, not the selling business. A lot of people have something they want to sell. Well, why don't you think about it? It's so good. Your service or product is so good that once you get it in someone's hands, they're going to like it so much, they'll either tell others about it or reorder it themselves. Yep. So that's how I've always looked at a business. So good, people want to reorder it. And when were you selling encyclopedias? You were... I sold encyclopedias in... What uh, age? No, I, I was uh, from 20 to 23. Yep. Because on the, on the front end of that, yep. you had a son.
1: Yep. You you must have had your first son. Well, right? that
2: was towards the back end. I was in the Navy at 17, 18, 19
1: okay. years old. Yep. And then you have a son at... Yep. 20. 20. <laughs> I was a dad at twenty. Can right. you imagine? And you, happened? there was. I saw some quote online today where you said nobody, nobody should be allowed to have a baby before the age of yeah, twenty-five. Not it's that a that's a law, but I, sure. Because so, we're kids. I was a kid. How can you be a dad when you're a kid? It's tough. Yeah, it is tough. I was, I was, um, yeah, I was twenty-seven, and it was tough. My mom was seventeen. Uh, and it oh, was she tough. was really tough. Sure. Yeah. So you. And when I read about you and your son, and I want to get to the part that I think is so interesting to so many people, but you you probably grew up with your son. Yep. And I grew up with my mom. It's it. She was seventeen years old. So we, you know, I mean, think about it. I mean, when I was thirty-seven, your mom was thirty. Yeah, yeah she was thirty-four <laughs> yeah, years well, old. Like a at, kid <laughs> at graduation, she's thirty. I, I look at a thirty-four-year-old lady today, and I think she's a pup. Yeah. So your
2: we thought, wow, he's got a hot babe with him.
1: It's my mom. (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Some people probably did think that. But so at this, you know, you have your son, and then at some point you guys, mom leaves. Mm -hmm. The story is just to me, as I read it Mm -hmm. online and in some articles, Mm -hmm. you come home, she's coming down the steps, says, I need to go to the store or something. That's right. And you're like, okay. Gave her the keys to the only car. Yep. And you walk upstairs.
2: <laughs> yeah. There's my son in the middle of the room with a note. Basically, I can't handle being a mom anymore. He'll be much better with you. Goodbye. You know, gone. And then I find out later, she had wiped out what little savings we have, had not paid the rent or utility bills for three months, kept throwing them away. So I was within a couple of days of being evicted. <laughs> they didn't have no, it was, it was tough. It was tough times. It wasn't easy.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: I mean, Listen. A two-year-old is tough for mm-hmm. anybody, mm-hmm. for a mom and a dad yeah. and a support crew around them yeah. and family and friends. A 20-year-old guy with a mm-hmm. two-year-old little boy who mm-hmm. has probably a ton of energy and you know doesn't sleep great. And, That's right. And you're on the street. Yeah. yeah. I got a hold of a, of,
2: of a friend, and uh, they let me borrow their 1952 Cadillac with a broken water pump. You had to put water in it every four hours, and a hood that was bent backwards I had to tie it down with a rope. At least with was some transportation uh, until I was able to get on my feet a little bit, make a little bit of money, and buy a good used car. Mm-hmm. But my son and I, when we were evicted, actually slept in that car for a little while. And then a dear buddy of mine, uh, you would call him an extreme biker like Hell's Angels, Satan's Slaves, Lee Myers, found me. and said, Johnny, I heard what happened to you. I have a room in my house. Come on over, and uh, some of our biker mamas will help take care of your son because we know you work every day to, to support him. And that was beautiful. Wow.
1: Wow. And like a real Hells Angel? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they're not all bad.
2: No, no. no. no There's some pretty good guys here.
1: And the mom, like, just, I'm just curious because nowhere on in my research can you find what that's John Jr. John Jr. John, John Jr. So John Jr.'s mom is gone. God. To this day, gone.
2: Yeah. She came back about five years later trying to be a mom again. Then I found out she took him back just for welfare checks. And I immediately took him back.
1: Yeah.
2: And how's Junior doing? Junior's doing good. Uh, junior right now is, in fact, John Junior would be 52 years old right now. And uh, 51 or 50, be 51. And he's in Portland, Oregon running a great Paul Mitchell school. He's
1: a good, he turned out good. Huh. That's amazing. And at that point,
2: you did not think you were going to become a billionaire. Oh, not, no. My, my, a dream would have been to, you know, make a uh, few hundred thousand a year. That would be like a dream come true. I had no idea to I'd be a millionaire or a billionaire. Not a clue.
1: By the way, you're the sneakiest. Well, by the way, part one, you're, you, 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 uh, you, know, you, you meet certain people that just have the Midas touch. You clearly have the Midas touch when it comes to businesses. But sneaky, or uh, by the way, part two, you're the sneakiest billionaire that I think I've ever known. What do you mean by sneaky? Just sneaky that, in that, that. That I don't you, make
2: everyone aware of it? I, just, I, I'm low key about what I do. I, I mean, do. we
1: both, look, we mm-hmm. both live here. In, the only reason, well, a couple of things. The only reason people know that you live here, mm-hmm. or the only way they know, mm-hmm. is the local paper might, you know, when some list comes out. You're right, saying.
2: I sneak in and out, you're right. Yeah, you're do.
1: not. No, I'm very low-key. You're very low-key, you're not at, at every envelope opening like a lot of nope. people. Nope. And I think that's just so rad, man. And, and, and the wealth part, which... Whatever it is, what it is, it just, I don't know. You wear it well, man. Thank
2: you. I, I could do a lot of cool things with the wealth. I could, you right. know, and, which I have for thousands, tens of thousands of people, and it's working yeah. pretty good. It makes me feel good.
1: And you're, you're, you've committed to what they call the giving pledge. Yeah, part of the giving pledge. A, a few weeks ago, I had a gentleman on by the name of Bob Parsons, who started GoDaddy. Mm-hmm. Who's, uh, I did that podcast in Kona, Hawaii, which okay. I know you spend some time in. Yeah. And he's also a part of this, this initiative, which is, I think it's Bill Gates and, and Warren Buffett, sure. where you've committed to Absolutely. give away, I don't know, some... About 150 of us worldwide, I think, now. And it's, I forget now, what, what percentage of your... What it
2: is, is we've all made a pledge that during our lifetime or after we die, 50% of our wealth... Mm-hmm will go to make the world a better place to live in many areas, whether it's environmental, whether it's humanitarian, something dealing with making the planet a better place to live that we will dedicate. Because we've done very, very well. We're very fortunate. Yeah. And many of us are starting
1: to do it right now while we're alive. Yeah. And that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And through that, you did, and, I, and as I continue to just dig into your life, most of that runs through... Your foundation, the Peace Love and Happiness. A lot love, of it happiness. runs is the Peace Love and Happiness Foundation. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah, and that's on the boat. I saw a picture of the boat that you yep. gave those guys in Miami. You got the get get logo the, there. You got it's, the logo. That's a good on the, thing. Peace, Love, and Happiness. Is, it still works pretty good. And you, and I love this quote of yours. You say, "Success unshared is failure." Yeah, I, I believe that highly. Tell me There's that. so many people what, tell me about
2: that. And there are so many people I've run across, and still today, that have done extremely well, mm. but are extremely. I don't want to say stingy. But don't, don't give to others. Was, yeah. Recently, I know I was on CNN, and they said to me, well, JP, here's uh, Bill Gates talking about Donald Trump. And they pointed out that in the last five or six years, when they finally found out, he gave away less than $10,000 total to any charity. But my answer was this. Mm-hmm. That was a lifestyle he was used to. Perhaps now being around other people, getting older, he may change and be more philanthropic. That's his choice, not ours. But maybe he will be around more people that do that. Maybe he'll say, hey, I've been so blessed with so much. Let me help a few other people along the way. Yes. Maybe he'll think that way. Let's give him the benefit of the
1: doubt. Yeah. we Inevitably, we get into this every week. We start talking about Donald Trump. No, silly, stupid. I mean, no, it's... <laughs> it's stupid, but it just comes... It, it is just it's, so. uh,
2: all the time on the news, totally. Yeah. It's controversial. The reason he won is very simple. Right. America, we the people, were very fed up with the Republicans and the Democrats. Neither one did what they really should do with the people. So a lot of people that didn't like Donald Trump voted for him because they said, let's have at least have a change. There has no been no change, you know, and uh, yeah. let's have a change.
1: Yeah, I, I think it would – and I, it, I I know that you supported Ted Cruz and you have supported Governor Perry, who's an old friend of mine. <clears throat> I think it would surprise people that you're a Republican. That's well, my, my sense. But the thing is this, a lot of I think pe- people view
2: you as a yeah, Malibu, a, California, you know – A lot of, you know, a uh, lot of people, in, Lance, hmm? consider me Republican. I'm not a Republican. Got it. And I keep telling them, I'm an independent. Perfect. Example, Lloyd Doggett. Democratic representative here in Austin. Not only do I did I vote for him, I gave him money for his campaign. He's a Democrat. <laughs> so I'm really middle of the line. Right. I may be more swayed for free enterprise in the United States, definitely. But I will vote for whether it's a Democrat or Republican right. and give the money also, depending on who I like and who I think is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now
1: you pick the best horse. Yeah. Right. I I, I, I... Hey man, I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. I'm the same way. I I I went and voted this year and I had to change my address cause we have a different home address. And so I just got the voter thing in the, in the mail the other day where you got to send it back to huh? confirm the new address. But it says, you know, party affiliation. You just, I said, I said to Anna, I said, what, what, what is it? What am I supposed to put here? Yeah. And she's like, well, if you want to vote in all the primary, no. I was like, no, I can't. I'm just going to leave that empty.
2: Yeah. I just put put mine independent. Yeah. And when I go to the polls here in Austin, right, I go to the polls every time I believe in voting, man, I'm across the line. I'm for an environmentalist. I'm for a libertarian. I'm for an independent. I'm for a Republican. I'm for a Democrat. I just, whoever I think may do a good job, I just vote for it. Those that I don't know about them, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. I don't go along party lines.
1: Before you started, because you've had these periods in your, you must have been thinking, what in the fuck is happening With life, I mean, you've had these periods where it's just up and down, and oh, some real downs and some good ups. Well, you've you've had a lot of ups, but Mm -hmm. the downs to me are the most compelling part. I mean, these you know, as as a young boy, um, you know, your father leaves, your brother, you and your brother are hustling. By the way, where's your brother? Your brother
2: alive? My brother died in a motorcycle when he extended his front end going up to Panga Canyon at 29 years old. Unfortunately, extended it too far, went around a corner, lost control, and went right into a wall. Ugh. And th- th- there were no helmets in those days right. you just didn't do that no. this is
1: the 1970s so yeah. I lost him at a very young age oh, that's too bad so you that's even more to the story sure <clears throat> that that you you have this loss and this this headwind right yeah. and uh, then the period where you're you know selling encyclopedias and you have a son and, and mm. um, but then pre Paul Mitchell days mm-hmm. John Paul Mitchell systems you're back you know an, another I, I, it's a little cloudy. You have mm-hmm. another um, wife mm-hmm. or a female, yep. and and that goes away, and then you're back sort of at square one again. Yep, and sort of and living in my
2: car. And, again. and I was—I did, didn't time. want to say it, Hold but you this the second time. But <laughs> back
1: living in the car. But <laughs> you said it. it, so let's say yep. it. But as I I looked and looked and read, it the the I, I, and I don't want to get anybody in trouble here, but. According to one piece of information I got, a lady, an an actress came up and said- Joanna
2: Pettit. Yes. Yep, walked right up to the car, heard I was living in my car, I was back in my car in Mulholland Drive, my son was down the street staying with a couple of girls that I knew- Knocked on my window and said, John Paul, I cannot believe you're staying in your car. I heard you were. She was jogging in the morning. She says, I have an extra room in my house. Come on in. It's yours for a couple of months free. Uh, in fact, on CNBC, they did a special a couple of years ago on me and found that hard to believe. They found Joanna Pettit. They gave me her phone number. She, she says that's exactly what happened.
1: <laughs> and she's, and I looked her, you know, she's, she hasn't acted in a long time, but I looked her up because I was like, who now, is this? At least in Tehachapi now. Yeah. yeah, I looked her up, and so all the images of her are from back then. Of course. I mean, this is a beautiful woman. Lovely lady, gorgeous, wonderful woman. I mean, you must have been thinking, wait, I'm in my car. I got, I'm got. i 30 cents shy of a quarter. Yeah. This pretty lady's out on a run. Yeah. She bangs on my window and says, do you want to come stay with me? She's a sweetheart, a wonderful lady. She was very, very kind. I was very kind of her. And that's it.
2: All right. Yeah. Wonderful lady.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, we'll leave it there. <laughs> We'll leave it there. But then you team up with the actual Paul Mitchell. You know, I think most of the world, you well, you know this better than anybody. I think most of the world thinks your name is Paul Mitchell. Yeah, they think my name is actually John Paul Mitchell. Oh, you're yeah. John Paul
2: Mitchell. I say, how about just John Paul? Okay, right. it's just JP yeah. or John Paul. That's how I put it. So I don't want to, to go through the whole thing. John Paul Mitchell's my company. I'm the John Paul and John Paul Mitchell. My last name isn't really Mitchell. I just go. I'm the John Paul and John Paul Mitchell. Right. Just call me JP or John Paul. Right. Make it life easy. But yeah, a lot of people think I am the whole company name. My partner died uh, back died, in 1989 yeah. of pancreatic cancer. Hmm.
1: Which, in, I mean, panc- Well, pancreatic it's cancer in thing. this day and age is, is not good. You can imagine in 1989.
2: And he was, a, before it was recognized as for, it was, he was already into fourth stage hmm. when he finally realized what he had. It was too late. And he was a, a, an LA based stylist that. He was actually Hawaii. He came from from England. He's Scottish, came from England, oh, wow. started in New York. He started the Crimpers in New York. Worked at Harry Bendel's. He had a salon there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, gradually migrated to Hawaii. Uh, friend of mine, we'd been friends for many, many years, and I helped him get back on his uh, show. He see a feet again, uh, doing beauty shows in the United States. He did a damn good job, and uh,
1: we started a business together. And you guys had, with $700, so I think...
2: So our backer pulled out. Yeah. You, he pulled, pulled out? out. But you had, you, somebody had, you borrowed a few hundred
1: bucks from your mom. And yeah. the classic story, which I think the, the listener will not under, know this story, but obviously all of the packaging mm-hmm. it's still to this day is black and white. Yeah. And with only $700 back then, all you could do that's all we could afford. It was black and white. You couldn't put a yellow or a blue no. or a red. Today we
2: put some more color on there, but back then, no, we couldn't do it. My God, no, we could afford it. It was $0.02 cents a pass for black and white to put black on top of a white bottle, $0.07 cents for color. We just didn't have it. We had so little. And I was too proud in those days to tell my mom, which I could have done easy, Mom, I'm on the street. I left you know, my situation here. I left her all the money. Money never came through uh john jr's downhill with a couple of girls that i know they're taking care of them for me mom I can have my room back there's two beds in it mine and my brother's right still there and feed me i was too proud i was stupid i was just too proud so when i borrowed a couple of hundred bucks from my mom last she said you're doing very well and i was doing very well in business well why didn't it, mom it's okay i'll give it back to you in a month okay here you go everything okay yeah it's fine mom i did not have because of pride the guts to tell my mom, Mom, I'm down and out. I have no money. I'm going to sleep in my car. John Jr.'s down the street with a couple of girls sleeping. And, wow. you know, I'm trying to struggle right now. I didn't have the guts to tell her that.
1: And your father, he left when you were two. Yeah, he was a deadbeat dad. Deadbeat dad. Yeah. And he ever came back? No.
2: Never met him. No, I didn't meet him when I was 12 years old once and when I was 22 years old once. And then uh, when I started John Paul Mitchell Systems, I ran him down. I wanted to find out who my biological dad was today. And I did run him down. He was on the way out. He was on his way. Uh, he, was, he was dying.
0: Yeah. And
2: that was all, and I'll gladly say it, he was dying of throat cancer. Hmm. And I went and found him in San Rafael, California, by Novato. I went and actually found him. I had an investigator find him. And he was living in like a little uh, garage off of a main house. A little garage. He and his wife and 30 or 40 cats in there. It looked oh. terrible. And I said to him, I said, you know, you haven't been a dad, so we're not really emotionally connected, but I'm doing pretty good now in business. Yeah. So is there anything I can do to help you out? He goes, no, I'm going to die of cancer. I said, well, why is my mom so healthy? This was when they were in their 70s. My mom's a ballroom dancer. She's healthy as can be. And he looked at me in the eye, I could not believe what came out of his mouth. It's like a movie. I said, what do you attribute this to? He said. Pint of the cheapest whiskey in the world and two packs of cigarettes a day. I'm a goner.
1: <laughs> wow.
2: Wow. I well, you know, they're there but for me go
1: I. So <laughs> and and mom's go. doing great. That was the last I saw.
0: Wow. And I never I, had,
1: I'd heard a month later he had died. Yeah. Similar to I mean I, I, I never met really I had the same situation. Huh. I had probably two, just gone. Oh. And yeah. no longer here. Yeah. Died of a spider bite. A spider bite. Spider bite. A few years ago got a call. Somebody just called the office and said, you know, I don't know if you want to know or not, but you can tell Lance his biological father died of a spider bite. Wow. That's yeah. rare. Yeah, who dies of spider bites? In the United States. In the United States. I was just gonna say in the US. I mean that's so what the hell bit a black widow? But that'll kill know. you. Who knows? Well, who knows. But we share that. Sure. We share that. Uh-huh.
2: Life is not easy, man. You know, I, life's I, messy. I, I have a, a saying that there's many things and ups and downs throughout life, but in the end, everything will be okay. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. you have been through ups and downs, man. Like <laughs> me, mean, we've been through every kind of a weird up and down you could ever imagine. You yeah. know what? It's not the end. The end is
1: going to be okay. The name of this podcast mm-hmm. is called the Forward. Beautiful. And it's the Forward because it is. You just got to move forward. Yeah. I mean, you just said it. I mean, my life has been, whether it's cancer or controversy yeah, yeah. Or, 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 you know, whatever. And you can't change. You yesterday, got every newspaper. day. Can't as change a, yesterday. As, as a, as a, as uh, a, as a father, as a huh? citizen, as a friend, as a person, you just got to get up and mm-hmm. and move forward. Mm-hmm. God, your story is amazing. So, so Paul Mitchell just goes, and you, I mean, you just blow this thing up, and that—that and that was the first beat, right? That well, was it took a couple of years, of just to break did. even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was, right.
2: That was very, it was very, very difficult the first couple of years.
1: Yeah, very difficult. And this had, is the late eighties when it finally—it was early, early eighties, 80s. early eighties. Yeah, but when by, it started, it really started. Yeah, to, well, it really
2: started kicking off
1: in the mid eighties. Then it really started taking off. Yeah. yeah. Ed Brown. Mm-hmm. Ed Brown, who's your brilliant, who's the CEO of Patron? Yep. Mm-hmm. He says I, I spoke to him today okay because I like when I do these. I like to talk to people's friends and just sure. kind of hear stories. and He said JP is the ultimate hustler, mm-hmm. meaning just he will out hustle anybody. And he told this story: like you guys went to a thing once. At a hair convention or something, and, and, and you had these people just flocking to you, you know, just wanting to meet you and take a picture with you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people would sort of be done with that and be like, oh, my God, that was terrible. Mm-hmm. And he said he'll never forget that you said that was, you said to Eloise, you said, or, or to whoever was in the elevator, you said, I can't believe that the energy there, that these people just wanted to meet me. hmm and you just love that. And I took a picture with every one of them. There
2: were three thousand that day. I took a picture with because if God. someone, are you kidding? Want to take a picture with me? The least I can do is say thank you. You're wonderful. Of course I'll take a picture with you. Are you kidding? Yeah. Of course I will. It's very very nice of you. Sure I will.
1: Yeah. yeah. I still wow. do that. You still do that. Yeah. yeah. And then um, I want to talk about Patron because I I I, I mm-hmm. the 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 all the the listeners on this show. Know that I love tequila, mm-hmm. and they know that I make a special variety of the margarita called the Lancerita, which okay. I'll, I'll make one for you one day. Okay, um, but but the Patron story to me is just is just which is to me is still evolving, like the mm-hmm. spirits world. Oh yeah, and the people that are trying to get in that game, mm-hmm. and Ed and I talked about this today okay. too. But walk me through Patron because it wasn't called. Patron, you didn't buy something called Patron. Started it, you, right? But it, some yeah. somebody you found a a a. What, yeah, do you well, call what it? we
2: did was, I had sent a, this gentleman Martin Crowley. who went bankrupt mm-hmm. in the hospitality business. This sounds like a
1: total character. This yeah,
2: he was a real character. Yeah. I funded him. He's a good guy. So I made a good idea. So I funded him in the architectural business. Hey, I'll be your partner. Go to Mexico. It was his idea. Buy papers, furniture, sell it to restaurants or architects for the model homes. Things coming from Mexico. Niche business. We were doing okay, but nothing great. And he was going down to buy some things. ...for our business and something for a new home I was building in Malibu. And I said, while you're down there, Martin, bring back a couple of bottles of tequila that maybe the aristocrats drink, okay? So he was down there with Jack Mahoney, my builder. They went to this little town of uh, and brought back a couple of very thin, good bottles of tequila that was smoother than they ever had. I said, Martin, this is really smooth. He says, ah... And I met a guy named, down there named Francisco Alcares. He's a chef of tequilas. He said he could make it even smoother. I said, mm-hmm. really? <laughs> Martin says, you want to go to business? So Martin had this bottle, which is the Patron bottle of the day that he found in some gift shop. I said, Martin, if you could make those out of recycled glass, so it's ecological. And he was a brilliant designer, designed the, the, uh, the label and everything else. Hell, let's give it a shot. you know. So I ordered 1,000 cases, 12,000 bottles. Figuring that it's so damn good that we may have a business here. Well, little did I know, the first distributor we took on was a wine company because nobody would take us on. It cost $37 to buy a bottle of Patron in 1989. The average bottle of tequila was. $5 $5 or less. The best one was $14. And you we guys to, come in at 37 We had to. It was too expensive to make. <laughs> to make What we make was so damn expensive because of the quality of agave and the that We just had to. And uh, so no one would take us on. Wine Warehouse took us, or the wine company took us on because I agreed to go in the field with their salesman. After about a year, year and a half, they did a couple thousand cases. We switched to Jim Beam. Jim Beam took it up after a couple of years to a few thousand cases. And then we said, guys, you got to do better. They said, gentlemen, your tequila is the best there is, but it's so expensive. People aren't ready to pay money for the best there is. The most you'll ever do is 20,000 cases a year. We dropped Jim Beam and went with Seagram's. Seagram's took it up to 70,000 cases a year. We dropped them in a court order, and we paid paid them off whatever we had to pay them off. And obviously, uh, we believed we could be a lot bigger. Today, Patron, the company, does over 3 million cases a year, over 40 million bottles a year, and we're still growing. In fact, we grew double-digit last year because of the quality of the product, and we give back. Another thing, too, I think, for your listening audience to know, is when companies grow big, they get bigger vats to make things if if you're in the beverage business. When we tried to do that, it wasn't the same. So, I spent millions of dollars getting small copper vats to (laughs) make. We were lined with small copper vats because it didn't change the taste. And the feeling was to have the finest quality, make it the old fashioned way, no matter what it cost us, and never change. Because of that, Patrona's as big as they are today. I believe my closest competitor does 500,000 cases a year. Was that like Cuervo? Oh, I think that's Don Julio, Julio. which is owned by a major company. Mm -hmm. Whoa! And they could outspend us dollar wise like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. And I think Cuervo is behind that somewhere.
1: Yep. And so Patron today, because I love Patron, I'll just confess. You have good taste. Which
2: I'm not not
1: bullshitting you because everybody that listens every week knows that that's my deal. By the way, I have here the most expensive
2: bottle of tequila in the world. It's $7,500 a bottle. We only were able to make 500 bottles they sold in one day. Wow. We'll taste it tonight. Wow.
1: And Lalique the is this beautiful thing around it. Very, very rare, very oh. special. So, the the tequila that Martin brought back, uh-huh. however many years yeah. ago, is it, it was made in the same place that Patron is made today? No. No. It was in the same city, the same general same. Hale- It's all in uh, the oh, yeah. region yeah, yeah, of. It re- has to be in Jalisco. Yeah, it's the exact,
2: exact same region. We built our own facility. It's a little bit smoother than what we originally had. We changed the formula a little bit to make yeah. it just a little bit smoother. But in if, fact, if I believe we're the the number one employer where we are in that Jalisco area. Yeah. We we have sixteen hundred people working
1: for us down there. Yeah, we talked about this earlier, but I know. Well, I guess I know you because I know I know you from Austin, but uh, I know. Ed Brown, who's your CEO, because I know Lee Applebaum, who's your CMO. Both brilliant people, brilliant, 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 high energy, brilliant people. Lee was the CMO at Radio Shack. So when uh, when I came back, which is a whole other really bad decision, but 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 I came back for one year in in 2009, and then in 2010 and 2011, Radio Shack was our main sponsor Mm -hmm. because Lee loved cycling and loved you know wanted to have a team and and and. and, so that's how I've gotten to know Ed and gotten to know that whole story. So, Martin, who was the original partner, uh-huh. he also passes away. Unfortunately, yeah. You must be thinking, I, what, think. I have these, partners, these great partners, these guys that, that are my, well, they are, they're my partners. Yeah. And they just, you're losing these guys. Yeah,
2: those things happen. Unfortunately, you know, obviously Paul came from a history of his family, mm-hmm. had pancreatic cancer. So he came from history then. At 53 years old, just too young, he died. Mm-hmm. Martin, unfortunately, did a lot of the wrong things. Uh, Dr. Dean Ornish, brilliant man, got him back to normal again. Then he went back to his old ways, and heart attack,
1: uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. took his life at, at a young age. He liked, to, he liked to enjoy himself. Yeah, he went a little overboard. <laughs> in, in, <clears throat> as I was reading about Patron, you, you got a bit of a break, when it appeared in the in the Clint Eastwood movie in the line of fire. That was a gift from Clint. That was a gift. No, I, but it that was a big break. Big break. Yeah. Because the interesting and, and and I think it's great. But the interesting thing now is people pay for those, you know, product you know, they yeah. quote unquote product placement. You you're you're Buddies with Clint Eastwood, yeah. which is a whole nother story.
2: Yeah, they were just so nice. They just did as a surprise. It's coming out of my new premiere, Line of Fire. I got a surprise for you. Didn't tell me what it was. I thought it was good seats. And that was 25 years ago. I had popcorn. I had free soda pop, right? And I sat next to producer. That's the gift. He says, bring your girlfriend with you. Well, my girlfriend was always, right? right? And we saw the movie. And all of a sudden, the surprise was in the movie. That's all he drank was Patron. Very, very nice of him. And then other entertainers did exactly the same thing that we knew or ran across. They would show it in their videos. And then, uh, obviously, the hip-hop industry, out of nowhere, had tens of songs written about Patron. I think today it's over 200 songs. And I asked some of these people, why? Because we never paid them. They said, because we like your product so good, we'd love to sing about it, and we love The High. The High is incredible, JP. We got lucky. (laughs) We got
1: lucky, that's. And what about, what do you say to... You know, essentially, you brought up Mike Meldman, mm-hmm. who's a very good friend of mine. Obviously, yep. a friend of yours, and now in the tequila business. Yeah. So you have the Meldmans of the world, who's who's he's partners with with Randy Gerber, sure. and George Clooney, yeah. and I, I I spoke to Ed Brown about this today, yep. and 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 you know George Strait is now getting into yeah. the tequila business. Kenny Dichter, who I had on this podcast, Ron
2: White, my buddy's in it. I got yep. pals in it. Yep. Yeah. They think it's easy, I think. It's very difficult, but I tell them any advice, and I and obviously I told Randy Gerber and uh, Mike the same thing. Anything I could do to help you guys do your business is ask me. I'll just give you the information free, you know, because we've just scored a real home run. There's a lot, I think there's over 200 brands out there now, a lot of people getting into it. It's extremely difficult. Yeah. We were the first, like Scotch Tape. We're the very, very first or Xerox. Right. So it's a little bit easier for us Kleenex. now. But we're very happy to say because of the quality that we keep up, Lance, seventy some odd percent of all people that go from Patron to another tequila go right back to Patron again because of the taste and the high.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it has it's a pretty it, exciting. It, it it it's it's crisp. To me it's it's a very crisp, clear taste and Melman will probably be pissed at me for saying all these things. But
2: No, Michael, any way I can help you. Yeah. In fact, I, I went to I went to his a uh, couple of his uh, programs uh, projects he has, like uh, in Bakers Bay, sure. in the Bahamas, right? Been many. It times. was great. Yeah. But they had a bottle of Patron waiting for me because I think Michael don't have one there. And uh, then when I went to his other thing, uh, the the Madison Club, the middle of Palm yeah. Desert, I went there for old cello, yeah. you know the Stones and everybody sure, else. Sure. And there's a bottle of platinum. He JP, we've been carrying platinum all along. We have our tequila we want to promote, but we have a bottle of Patron platinum for those that want that high end stuff. Yeah. So Michael's yeah. a good guy, and I wish them well. I wish him and Randy well with
1: their tequila. Yeah. They're nice people. Um, do you what what because because again going back to this whole thing of the Midas touch? You you you've obviously the two we know, Paul Mitchell and, and Patron. Mm-hmm. Um, what 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 deal did you have a look at? Mm-hmm. And I mean, and I'm talking post. You know, and you're not in your car. You're you're you could have done the deal, mm-hmm. and you just passed. That you regret. There has to be some. There, you know, it's interesting you
2: would say that. There are many deals that I've passed on. I see so many things that come along, I'm, I'm and sure. if they did well, I don't regret it because I've done very, very well with Patron and Paul Mitchell. But I'm also looking for something that's unique and different. Uh, obviously, and you know, it's it's no secret. It's getting out right now. I've been working for many, many years with Rock ROK Mobile. Right. It's just been released. ROK Mobile. It's going to change the mobile phone industry totally. Because for $49 a month, Mm -hmm. where can you get all your phone calls, all your texting, your data, all your music, $100,000 worth of accidental life insurance, $20,000 worth of burial insurance, and telemedicine seven days a week, 24 hours a day, a doctor at the other end of the phone. Now, we're also worked out a deal with James Cameron and John Cameron, who are Mm -hmm. our partners, with Nassau. We will introduce in about three to four months the first Nassau rock phone. All that Frequency that goes to your phone, don't hold it to your, hold it away. Almost all of it's going to disappear now through NASA technology. Hmm. So we're coming out with a phone now within a matter of months. That's going to change the world as you know today. But think about it. For $49 a month, no contract, your phone, any phone you want to use, your phone number will give you a brand new phone number, and you can pick one of a couple of the major carriers as your carrier. Oh, so it's
1: not a carrier, is not you 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 could go pick Verizon or AT&T yeah. or
2: Well, let's look at the two big carriers. You have Verizon yep. and you have Sprint. They're the two number one best Circle yep. partners.
1: Hmm. Which one do you want? And so with that you get health insurance, burial insurance because I read I read the article about health, Rocket. burial, accidental death,
2: all your music, your data. Yep. It's high speed up to I think it's 4 gigabyte bots whatever and then it slows down a bit and then all your data. Yep. I'm sorry. All your your texting, all your phone calls, and 500 minutes a month international, no
1: charge. When I read the article about rock, because I read I read it today, because I, I I wanted to ask you about that, but I didn't realize how much it costs when you die. How much it costs to get buried? Ooh, is that mind boggling? Pe- people don't know that. Tell us. Well, I mean, it, it yeah. The uh, well, I had what, no what
2: idea. I look at is. I look at the people that really need it. The average death for, let's say, it's lots of minorities or poor people, right? If you believe in burial, which most of them do because of religion or whatever, their Mm -hmm. ethnic background, it's it's no less than about $7,000 for a burial. And that's low, okay? And these people have no money, will huck their houses, do everything they can to give them a proper burial, and they're broke. Well, by doing it this way, you have $20,000 for burial insurance, and if it was died accidentally, you got $100,000 that goes to the family for accidental death.
1: Yeah, no, that's the. It blew me away. So, yeah, when so I it's read something it.
2: that affects a lot of people, not yeah. just a chosen few. We like to do things that affect everybody. It makes the world better for everybody, not just.
1: Unfortunately, few. death does affect everybody. Yes, it does. We, whether we like it or not,
2: we'll all die. But a little easier if you're not mortgaging your future with just a burial sure. expense. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's, and you can't get that anywhere. And that's the that's the your latest deal. That, I mean, that's you're ah, on that one like, oh yeah. white on rice, big time, exactly.
2: is yeah. great. A u b i o for yep. cold source gets rid of them, but the, the the giant one obviously is wrong. But for cold source, there's nothing like it. Avio, a u b i o, as yep. you know, if you have a cold sore coming on, you put it on there. There's a good chance it won't even come out when you feel the tingle. If it does come out, we did double blind studies. Ninety three percent of all people that used Avio and the cold store broke out, it was gone within two days. Not wow. after, within two days, 93%. I believe our closest competitor says, well, it'll work on 20% of the people or right. something like that in two and a half days. Ours is 93%. Huh, wow. And, and you it's had- priced reasonable. It's at Target, it's at Rite Aid, it's at uh, uh, my, you, know, uh, you know, CVS, it's at a lot of places, but I priced it at only $29 so everyone could afford it for a whole tube.
1: At you, you're a minch. Um, we get you, back, we get back, lads. Yeah, it makes you feel I, good. I, I, and you had something to do with House of Blues. Yep, sure you
2: did. Were, I was with Dan Aykroyd, Isaac Tigrett, uh, the Harvard Endowment Fund, myself, and a few others. Yeah, we were some of the, the original investors in House of Blues. Yeah. Can we talk about the train? Yeah, sure. Oh, my god, yes, you was this on is, the train. You were here. This is the first time the I train.
1: met you. I met the first you're time, on time on I met the train, you in person. On the train. So, and I, and I want. I don't know if there are images of this train online, but for you guys and and gals listening at home, just, I don't know, type up John Paul DeJoria train.
2: Or type up Patron Tequila when it comes on, put, you know, either the Patron Express or Car 50 or the train, it'll pop up. This
1: train, this is the first time we met in person. It was, I think, just before South by Southwest. You had the train pulled up right at the Amtrak station, right in downtown Austin. Yep and you invited me over for uh, a tequila and this train i, I I'm, I'm just yeah. telling you people listening you have to see these images yeah. and and i think you went on to explain to me that a lot of the i don't even know how you just what you what you call this type of interior but came out of the old house of some old house of Blue. isaac tigret hmm.
2: who originally got the train that his granduncle owned and when he sold the hard rock cafes and he got 50% of the price. He owned 50% of the hot right cafes. He took some of that money, a couple million dollars. And this is back in the 80s. And had that train of his granduncles totally redone from one end to another. And the finest woods that were going to the House of Blues didn't go to the House of Blues. They went on to this train, the carvings and everything else. You know, So it was a masterpiece. In uh, 1993, Isaac gave to me as a gift for a couple of weeks as a wedding present. Wolfgang Puck gave me a chef, and Dan Aykroyd gave me a case of Bordeaux, right? Great trip. And that was my first time on that trip. Had a blast. And in uh, 1996, Isaac ran into some challenges financially, and he transferred the train into, into my name. Because wow. I gave him a helping hand. He was very honorable about that. It is hand so
1: beautiful. And you, you guys still take this train around.
2: Oh, it's incredible. I don't drive, I don't ride as much as I want, but I, I love that train. It's one of my favorite trains. And toys. you just go. Anywhere. You know, anywhere I'm trying to well, go. But you
1: just, you know, you just uh, like hook up to an, an like we You're hook the back to, end yeah, of we,
2: a, yeah, we pay them extra to be the caboose, the last car. But we have a porch on back, so they love it. We give them a few extra hundred dollars. And wherever they go, we pay them per mile. And we go throughout the country. And it's super cool.
1: Has three bedrooms. Uh, just no, you showed you walked me around. You had the full kitchen, but yeah, the, full it, kitchen, the intricacy you? is. And I want I want y'all listening at home to just check this thing out. It is so fucking amazing. It. it <laughs> I, I would uh, I would do that train trip. I mean, you think the Orient Express is nice? This is, yeah, this is cool. It's super cool. This is really yeah. cool. JP, thank you, thank you you're for uh, for coming on and chatting. And you're a hero to many, many people. And and you're just your You know, may I share something else with the audience? Sure, can there's many ways you can help those that
2: are disadvantaged. You don't necessarily need money to do it, volunteer some time if you can. An example here in Austin, we have mobile loaves and fishes on the east side. Mm. We are building 250 homes for the homeless Mm. where they have a home, a place to live. We charge them $90 up per month. If they don't have any money it's okay. We have a garden they can work in a metal shop, a wood shop, animal husband free. We have all these things to help them make money so they feel like they're part of the community and can pay some rent.
1: Did I read uh, this is a great point. But did I read an article about this 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 neighborhood? Uh-huh. In the, in the local paper maybe six weeks ago where where um, you know they have these everything you just described mm-hmm. but they encourage community they encourage the homes are facing they have a they have a central this could be a separate uh, charity but they have a the one I read about had like a central theater where they, they encourage people to come out and that's and our to, place that's your place I mean yeah. it was that Alamo Draft house made the theater for us wow Tim League it was this podcast, uh, Tim League, who founded Alamo Draft yeah. House, was my first guest. Oh, beautiful! And he's a great friend yeah. of mine, and
2: yeah, they help with the theater. They help build the theater for everybody. So this is,
1: and the way you guys have the streets structured is such a way that you know people can't just go hide out in their house like no. it, it, you kind of have to be part of the community.
2: Yeah, you got to get out. So maybe you know there's one place where let's say showers whatever bathrooms for four or five people. Right. We kind of all eat together where our, our gardens are. So it, it has people come out and get outside and and not just go away. We have two rules. Uh one is, you know, no drugs. Right. The other is no fighting. Yep. No drugs, no fighting. Will you take me
1: over there? Of course. I'd love to go check that out. Oh, of course. Yeah.
2: yeah. We can ride over there. Sure. You You can ride your motorcycle. You can ride your bicycle. You'll probably go faster than me on the Uh, motorcycle. (laughs) All
1: right, JP. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Pleasure. Good. Thanks for tuning in to the Forward Podcast. Like, uh, like I said at the top of the show, if you have anything you want to say, if you have a suggestion, please. God knows I need suggestions. Um, or questions or concerns or criticisms or whatever. Let me know. send me an email. Send it to the forward podcast at weduport.com. I know it's long. I know it's a little confusing. The forward podcast at we wedu, W-E-D-U, do com. the forward podcast at weduport.com.